Thanks for hanging in there. Murphy Houston, Mile High Magazine. Uh, joining me, my friend Jayla Sanchez Warren to join us uh, from Dr. Cog, the Denver Regional Council of Government's Area Agency on Aging. And it's our weekly visit with Dr. John Douglas of Tri-County Health. Jayla, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Well, we're hanging in there. You know, it's uh, a day at a time, like it's been for months now. It, all, it always changes. I never know when the Broncos are going to play anymore. It's like it changed. Well, they're going to play that day. No, they're going to play this day. I'm going, I can't keep up with everything. So... <laughs> Yeah, we're doing all right. 303-480-6700 is the phone number for the Area Agency on Aging. And like, uh, we've been very blessed and we're very thankful for Dr. John Douglas of Tri-County Health, who's been with us every week for months now for COVID-19 updates. Dr. John, how are you doing? Uh, Murph, I'm doing fine. I'm looking out the window. The leaves are changing. It looks great. Uh, um, no complaints today. Well, why don't you come over and rake my yard if you're uh, into the leaves so much? I mean, I, I'm not into that. I just don't like raking leaves. I don't know what it is. I, just, I don't like it. So, Dr. John, we got to get right to this because I understand things around Arapahoe, Adams, and Douglas County are getting a little crazy with the COVID. Yeah, things have uh, definitely uh, been going up uh, pretty consistently since Labor Day, uh, really across the whole metro area and certainly in our three counties. Um, the patterns are a little different. Uh, Douglas is going up. The leaves may actually be starting to go down, which is great. Arapahoe's been uh, fairly steady. Adams is uh, is continuing to increase, which is creating a lot of concern. So we're uh, definitely worried about those trends. Well, what's the cause? Is it, is it schools or just people aren't? You no, know, it's a just a really good question. I think really what we what we seem to be identifying is personal social gatherings. It's it's not. We don't believe at this point really schools. We're looking very closely at that. We don't really think it's restaurants and bars, uh, but we do when we ask people who the newly diagnosed, gee, what happened? Where did you get it? Most people, of course, can't say for sure, but when we ask, where have you been? The most common answer we get is I was, you know, at a, you know, a group gathering with four or five friends, or I was at a backyard party or indoor party in some cases was, 10 or 15 people. Um, we actually are also hearing anecdotes, and I can't pin this down, that maybe some kids who are in Boulder have come back home because things uh, got really out of control there. Some of the dorms closed. Maybe some of the kids have, have gone back to their parents' houses, and maybe there's some secondary transmission from that. I can't point my finger at that uh, definitively, but that's, that's another concern. I will say that because of this social gathering business, and we know people like you, Murph, and you, Jayla, are really tired of all the precautions we've had to take with COVID. We're trying to figure out ways of, frankly, bolstering spirits and encouraging people to take, to continue to take the steps they've been taking um, and be aware that we've got darker days ahead in terms of sunlight, colder weather, and we've just got to hang in there to protect each other until we get to a point where we're going to have good vaccines, which I think is coming, not by election day, but I think they're coming based on the progress I hear um, in the groups that I work with. So I think that's the, the key thing is holding on and trying to uh, protect each other. And, and we're going to watch the schools because we want to protect the kids inside the schools and don't want them, you know, helping things expand in the community. And also with the you know Halloween coming up, Thanksgiving, Christmas gatherings, it's going to be a tough challenge. It's going to be a tough challenge, and you know for families that have out of town guests or kids that are off at school and coming home, yeah, we really are concerned about that. And one thing I would say, one of the reasons we're trying to 
you know, bolster spirits and reduce rates now is exactly what you said. Maybe not so much Halloween uh, from an out-of-town visit point of view, although certainly Halloween presents challenges. It's a day of, it's on a Saturday. It's a day, <laughs> it's yeah. a day people like to party, and uh, we are really worried. I think a post-Halloween bump could be worse than a post-Labor Day bump because it's less likely to involve outdoor events. And then, you're right, Thanksgiving and Christmas really have me concerned. And we want to, Dr. Fauci, you and I talk about him a lot, Murph, he tells us clearly the lower we can be before Thanksgiving or Christmas, the better we'll be able to ride it out because we, we, it's just hard to believe it's not going to get worse then. So uh, challenges ahead. Our community's been resilient. I know they're fatigued. I'm fatigued. Uh, but I think uh, we uh, have got, you know, uh, means to ride this out, bring it down, and then get through the uh, the challenging months ahead. Well, what do you think you of know, that, Jen? Um, yeah, a lot of things. One is it's getting really close at home for me. My mom got a letter uh, to, uh, just this week from a doctor's office uh, saying that, that uh, she had a low-risk exposure, her and my stepdad, uh, to COVID from this doctor's office. Uh, and it turned out to be low risk and it wasn't a big deal, but, um, and, and they're fine. They're in day 11, uh, to the possible exposure, but, um, you know, it was scary. And then my daughter's school had a, an outbreak and two of her teachers and a couple of the students she knows has it. So it's getting closer to home and, um, becoming, you know, it's, always been a part of my work, but it hasn't been a part of my personal life. And so that's, uh, it, it was a, a, a another wake-up call to say, we really got to take this seriously. You know, we can't mess around with this. And I, like you, am worried about it. I was on a number of um, calls federal with the federal government this week and talking about, you know, how do we, just like what you were saying, how do we boost spirits? Because for the older older adults, we're really seeing problems with isolation and, um, you know, increased dementia levels and increased depression level. And what can we do to to combat that? I know family members across the country are very concerned about their parents and would likely come at Thanksgiving or Christmas, you know, to visit, to check on their parents. But then, yikes, that's a little scary, too. I mean, it's just so many things to balance. Um, because you really want people to see their loved ones and you want that social engagement, but it's just could be deadly for, you know, the, the, the older adults in the family, um, and, and risky. So it's, it's so hard to know what the right call is. And we actually are getting calls from, from family members saying, should I come and visit my parents? Um, I'm worried about them. Yeah, I, I hear that, Jalen. That's that's. I mean, so painful to hear you describe in, in such detail. You know, I I keep coming back to the metaphor of Groundhog Day. We went through this in the summer or the spring. We kind of went through this in the fall. And you know, the the Bill Murray movie. He goes through the same yeah. thing over and over again. And I, I I do appreciate that we are all getting tired of going through the same thing over and over again. And then, as you say, when you begin to have a brush with with closeness, it really makes it real. I'm sorry to hear about your parents' experience with the doctor's office, although honestly, I'm really glad to hear what happened, that low risk, abundance of caution, let them know we're not going to take any chances. Um, 
we, we do believe in general that going to seek health care remains uh, safe. Uh, we're certainly encouraging our health care providers to continue precautions so folks like your parents can be safe. And if there's any possible exposure, please let folks know. Um, yeah, and they did right away. I mean, I was I was impressed with the process, too. And it was incredibly low. I mean, there was nobody in the office when they were there. Um, so, you know, it had to happen before them. And uh, I, I just thought they handled it really nicely. But it was it still kind of scared me. Sure. Sure does. Well, what about the nursing home situation? Jayla and Dr. John, you guys are pretty well involved with that. Is that improving at all? Go ahead, Jayla. Yeah, we still have outbreaks in nursing homes. I think we had eight this week um, of new outbreaks in nursing homes. The health department puts a report out every Wednesday um, about the outbreaks in facilities. So um, we are watching that closely. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, they, they, they still happen. The, those facilities are still highly vulnerable. I do want to remind everybody that the, the situation now is far better than it was in the springtime. Um, the, the outbreaks have diminished. When they do occur, they're much smaller. But we just can't take that for granted at all because those things can, uh, those situations with the vulnerable folks living there can really move rapidly. So I'd say, um, I remain uh, cautiously optimistic, I say that every week, about this particular situation, but I certainly don't want to ignore the potential for those outbreaks to move fast. Oh, absolutely. And how are the hospitals doing, uh, Doc, in Colorado? They're probably keeping up okay? The hospitals are pr- doing pretty well so far, and I'll say a couple things about that. First of all, um, you know, we, got, we have far better PPE and supplies of ventilators than we had in the springtime when we were nervous about having to do triage. Secondly, hospital care has actually improved fairly uh, impressively. I mean, we, we got to hear details of the president's hospitalization over the last weekend, new drugs that probably can improve uh, outcomes, maybe even improve survival, and probably shorten durations of hospitalization. And, and the importance of that is that means the hospitals aren't running quite as much risk of getting overcrowded. Um, and then we figured out that we don't need, or not we, because I, I, I don't do ICU work anymore, but we don't need to put as many people on ventilators as we thought before, and that's good because being on a ventilator is a really uh, extreme experience, and it gives us more latitude to take care of those who really need it. So I say the hospitals right now uh, look like they're in pretty good shape, but we can't take it for granted because if we do start to have a bad flu year, haven't had it yet, we know that historically that's when hospitals can really begin to see the margins decrease uh, pretty dramatically. Oh, absolutely. Dr. Douglas, will we, will the general public have access to the same kind of medications that the president got? Uh, well, uh, if someone is sick enough, the, the drug dexamethasone, which is a steroid, is, is fairly available. We, we always worry about potential shortages if things get busy, but at least so far that drug appears to be in relatively good supply. The antiviral drug remdesivir that he got has been in somewhat short supply, and there have been situations where hospitals have had to even use lotteries to determine who is going to get that. that that's getting better, but it's not, uh, it's not perfect at this point. And then he got a drug, a cocktail of monoclonal antibodies, which is a bioengineered product, and that's really not available to everybody. Uh, it's just been approved by the FDA for emergency use authorization. 
But to my knowledge, there's not nearly enough of that stuff to go around. So I think the president probably got the uh, Rolls Royce on top of the Cadillac here. And uh, some of that's available to all, some of it's not. Well, I think that's important to understand because, uh, you know, everyone saw a really good recovery of the president. And I think it might be a bit, a, a bit misleading to think that everybody would have the same kind of outcome and not to worry about it, you know. Um, you are bullseye absolutely correct. And we don't really honestly know just how well the president is yet. Uh, we obviously didn't get completely full information last weekend. The messages were kind of mixed. The president's obviously eager to get out and get back to life, but he's right at a critical point where folks in his age group can sometimes see uh, 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 worsening happening. And uh, I, I'm not sure we're getting full reports about that, but you're right. To spin this as, I beat the virus, anybody can do it, is really not helpful to the general appreciation of the possible severity of this uh, of this illness. No, no, I felt I saw a couple of those press conferences with his doctors, and they were they were kind of open about certain things, but kind of secretive things like about his lungs and stuff. They weren't revealing information. Is there a reason for that? Well, you know, uh, on the one hand, we, we try to be appropriately uh, discreet about sharing confidential information, but the president is the number one public figure in the country. He's got arguably the most important job in the world. And I think historically the feeling has been that we ought to have pretty complete transparency about what's going on with the president. Um, so I was certainly disappointed at the mixed messages we got. Right. I think uh, we the people deserve more to understand what's going on. And uh, um I don't think it was optimal, Murph. I would agree with that. Well, you never know, do you? Let's hope he stays healthy. That's the important thing. Okay, Dr. John Douglas of Tri-County Health, we really appreciate your weekly visit with us. We know you're very busy, but we know you're on top of what's going on in the state of Colorado, and we appreciate you sharing that information. All right, Murph, my pleasure. I want you, want you to keep your spirits up so you can keep the spirits of the whole community up. So keep doing your great job. Well, let's, uh, yeah, you know, somebody's got to take the bull by the horns. I don't know if it's me, but we got to think of something to have some laughs is what we got to do. Yeah. Uh, maybe we right. can think you, of something. You, I don't know, but we'll work on that. All right. You guys stay well. All right. Thanks, Dr. John. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Good, good guy. I love him. Thanks, Dr. John. Appreciate your time today. Jayla, thank you for joining us from Dr. Cog, the Denver Regional Council of Governments Area Agency on Aging. And you guys, take it easy. Enjoy your weekend. Wear a mask. Keep the separation going. Wash your hands. We've heard it time and time again, but we've got to keep doing it. And we'll join you next week here on Mile High Magazine.